Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realized the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. I have Samantha Harmon here, and she is a hairstylist, educator, content creator, and podcast host. So wearing all the hats, and we're going to dive into behind the scenes of what that actually looks like. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. So thank you so much for being here today. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to, to chat all things multi-hat wearing because both of us can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like more and more people in our industry can relate to that now, right? Because with social media, with podcasting available, there's so many platforms. A lot of stylists are stepping into both independent and brand education. There's just so many beautiful avenues beyond the chair, right? Before we get into talking about that, I would love to hear what the beginning of your journey as a hairstylist looked like. So how did you get into our industry in the beginning? Yeah, I so my mom was a hairstylist and my dad, oddly enough, owns a beauty supply franchise. And so I grew up in kind of seeing both sides of the industry. 
And then after my mom stopped doing hair, she bought a cosmetology school. So I pretty much like every area of the industry. And because of that, people just assumed that I was going to do hair also my whole life. Mm -hmm. And after high school, I was like very rebellious. I didn't want to do it. I wanted to prove (laughs) everybody that I could do my own thing. And then full circle moment, I ended up, I went to college and then ended up going to cosmetology school anyways. So I started a little later. I have been doing hair now like eight, nine years, I think. So almost Mm -hmm. a decade. But I didn't get started until I was like 25 years old. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And that's so funny because my mom is also a hairstylist and she owned salons since I was literally when I was born. She owned one back in England where I'm from. And it's so funny how like generational stylists either were like super gung-ho or were like, I'm not doing that. Wow. I don't know about you, but my mom actually styled my hair for me all throughout not because I needed her to, but because she was a, a perfectionist. And anytime I would try to do my hair in some cute way, she'd be like, okay, <laughs> let me show you how to fix that. And then it would just turn into her doing it. So yeah. I was always like very insecure about trying to do hair because I didn't think I could. I don't know if your mom did that to you too, but that was something <laughs> that made me get second guess all of that from the beginning. That makes so much sense, actually, because I guess there's almost this little bit of pressure from the jump. Yeah, so- and my mom very successful too. So it's she was making, it's weird to say, but like the amount of income that I'm making behind the chair, my mom was making like in the night, 1990 to 2000, wow. early 2000. So she was crazy booked. She had a commission salon and right. she was so busy that she was having to hire people to pass her overflow too. And wow. back then you couldn't charge a lot. So no, no. It, it really is crazy that she was that successful Yeah. In that time period. That's amazing. And what a role model. My mom was very busy behind the chair as well. I don't remember even knowing what she made, to be honest. But like she was a salon owner both in England and then when we moved to Canada. And Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to watch it from an outside perspective because she owned like a couple different kinds of salons. When we moved to Canada, she opened an Aveda salon for the first time. So it was very interesting watching the evolution And it definitely gives you like a whole different perspective on the industry. So what was that? So you said you went to college first. So what was it that made you give in and actually end up going to cosmetology school? That's super interesting. Yeah. So I went to college all, I think I was there four and a half years, I think. And right when it came time, I had to have an internship before I could graduate. So I was minoring, I was majoring in public relations, minoring in marketing, And I remember that summer looking at where I was going to work for my internship. And I was like, man, all of these places are starting at 8 a.m., 8.30. And I just did not want to do that. And I was like, they're working from 9 to 5 every single day, Monday through Friday. What is my life going to be like? And I remember that I got in my car and I drove home. And I was like, mom, there's no way I can do this. Like, I need more flexibility. Because I saw her have flexibility. Although she was busy, she could set that schedule. And as I was talking to her, she was like, what are you, what do you enjoy about your, your major right now? And what I enjoyed was the creative side. I liked making graphics and using Photoshop and all of those things. And she was like, okay, so you like to create and you want to set your own schedule. So that kind of sounds to me like, and she didn't really finish it, but I knew what she was talking about. Right. And that's when it flipped for me. That's And those are two really beautiful parts of our industry and really tie into what you're doing now as well, which is really cool. So 
Can we talk a little bit about your journey into becoming a creator? Because it's it seems like you've had a lot of over the past decade, like a lot of evolution and the marketing and PR degree. Like, I feel like that is something that has probably been really beneficial for you in your journey as a creator as well. Yeah. Whenever I started posting on Instagram, it was, I'm trying to think, maybe 2018, 2019-ish. And so aesthetic feeds were really popular, really necessary for that growth. And I definitely think that the marketing and stuff helped me out in the beginning, whereas now it's shifting to you don't have to be this curated perfect version. But yeah, that's how I got into it. And I feel like I got in right at the perfect time because Instagram had been around, but I think it was just starting to take off for hairstylists. For sure. So I feel like if I would have gotten into the industry earlier, it probably would have been harder for me to incorporate that into my schedule, whereas I was just able to work from the ground up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, it's interesting you say that because I was on the flip side and I actually finished hair school before I even turned 18. I graduated high school when I was 17, went straight into hair school. Um, and I did an apprenticeship program, which I know there you have in some parts of this, the U.S. There's some parts of Europe as well. Um, so basically what that looked like is you went to school for a shorter period of time and then were educated in the salon. And it was like an hours thing and all of that. I was in the industry like really early. And so I worked without Instagram for years and years. And when I had my son and then I came back off maternity leave, that was when I started utilizing Instagram. So like 2015, 2016, no, 2015, I want to say. And it, like you said, it wasn't really a thing for hairstylists yet. And so I started using it. I think there was like a little bit of interest I started using it and because it, I was like earlier, I was able to build so, so quickly. But it's interesting because it wasn't until I figured out personal branding and it was it was really through just like tons and tons of like trial and error research, like getting my own education. There were just starting to be more online courses and things like that initially that I was able to create a career that was so different than the one I had had before. And so it's interesting, like it was a very, very different thing. And I think that sometimes for hairstylists who started back in the day, like before Instagram was was such a given for stylists, it can be hard to find that balance and to find that, find the ability to create content and, and do all these things. But oh my goodness, as someone who's been on both sides of it, like I would take the extra effort, extra reward of Instagram now any day of the week because the opportunities are just so different and so exciting in our industry now, I feel. Yeah, it's I always joke and say that Instagram saved my life and I really mean it just because yeah. of the I'm from a tiny town and I just I don't know, nobody around here when I started was really doing the things that that I was wanting to do. And when I started it, it's it's funny now when I think back, but I don't know really what I was thinking in my head at the time. But my idea was that if I didn't tell anybody what I was doing, Right. that I would give it six months. And if I didn't mm -hmm. succeed, nobody would know because I wasn't going to tell anyone. I wasn't right. thinking that my page was public and people could right. see <laughs> what I was doing. But that's what I was thinking at the time is, okay, if I'm quiet about it and I do the work behind the scenes, then I was thinking like when I fail, nobody will know mm -hmm. because I knew I was going to fail. 
And it's just crazy. The opportunities that I've been given since starting that page and just, I just like can't, I could get emotional thinking about it, but it's quite literally changed my life. It's crazy. Oh, that's incredible. So when you started your page then, were you very much with the intention of being like, was, were we even using the term like content creator back then? Or was it like influencer? Was that what your intention was? Were you using it to, I guess you weren't using it to build a behind the chair business. What did that look like at the beginning when you started? It's hard to put yourself out there, especially for something different. For sure. Yeah. Whenever, so when I started my page about two years into my career, I knew I wanted to educate in some way. I had this passion for education. So what I did first is I think 2017, I went to my mom's school and got my instructor's license. So I did that and I taught there for a couple, maybe like a year and a half, two years. And so I was teaching there whenever I started my Instagram. And I, the reason behind it was I wanted to take that education to the next level. I wanted to reach a, a broader audience. And I knew that social media was a way to do that. I did do it with the intention of doing exactly what I'm doing right now, but I did it almost more so from the sense of I'm going to prove to myself that I can't do it so I don't regret it later. Never in my wildest dreams, like I struggle so, so, so much with imposter syndrome. I would have never, ever, ever guessed like five years ago, Samantha would just be in shock if she saw all this happened to me today. That's really incredible. And I can't wait to hear about some more, like some of those experiences, but like When obviously like the platform you have now is huge and you're not just you're on Instagram, but you're also on these other platforms. And so what was the moment that you're like, oh, my God, I think this is like taking off. Like, I think something's happening here. So I remember exactly. So Jamie Dana, I know that you've had her on the podcast. Yes, I love had Ohot Graham back then. Mm -hmm. That was whatever year that was when it all started. And I took her class and that was what sparked me to do it. And I remember probably six months later, after I made that commitment, I had a post go viral. And I, they actually had a community on Facebook, Hot Graham, a group. And I went back the other day, actually, and I was showing my boyfriend this message because I got in that group and I was like, hey, I think my page has been hacked, which again, I don't know what I thought that meant. I I had 5,000 likes on this photo and I had 3,000 followers. So I was like, someone hacked me, right? I had no idea. And I remember people in that group were like, no, you're in the explore feed. Enjoy the ride pretty much. And it was from then on that stuff just started happening. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. I love that. I remember that course too. I love her. She's amazing. If you haven't listened to her episode yet, like everyone should go back and listen. But it's so cool that that's where it started. And it's funny that you like we're talking about imposter syndrome and all of these things, because I've said before, like even during my episode with Jamie, like when I started teaching Instagram on Instagram on Instagram, very meta, um, I was like, who's going to want to learn from me when they can learn from Jamie and all this stuff. And it's so funny that, you know, everything really comes full circle if you push yourself out of your comfort zone and you just do the thing that you are passionate about and the thing that you're called to do. Yeah. And Jamie, too. So I was actually a judge for the Masters of Balayage Awards this year, and I was supposed to go to the show. I had some health issues come up and I didn't get to go. But when I posted on my status or on my my status, that sounds like 2000 on Facebook, but on my (laughs) Instagram story. I posted an update because I was so upset that I couldn't make it. Jamie actually DM'd me and my boyfriend was sitting right there. He doesn't know who she is or anything, but I was like, oh my gosh, 
Jamie Dana just messaged me and said, she's so sad. I'm not going to be there this weekend. She was excited to talk, to hang out with me and get to yeah. know me. When I- and he was like, okay. And I was like, that's the person who encouraged me to do everything I'm doing. So it just, yeah. it felt very out of body experience that she reached out to me. She knew who I was. We were going to be in the same place. It's just crazy. Oh, that's so cool. And it just goes to show, I I think it's so important to talk about this stuff because if you're someone right now and you're listening to this episode and you're like, and you're mentally separating yourself from whatever it is that you want to do, or you're like, oh, it's so easy for this person. Okay, of course, Samantha can do it because she has hundreds of thousands of followers and all this. Or you're like, they have all these connections or whatever. And you're like, mentally telling yourself that you can't achieve your goals because you don't have these things that other people have. I think it's so important to remember that like we all start in the same place for the most part, right? And of course, there are sometimes we do have like things that are advantageous and all these things, but like you don't get to the place you want to be because of something you already had. It's you start doing the thing and then it's almost like by accident, you're like, oh, wow, all of a sudden I'm friends with all these people I used to look up to and I'm making an impact in the industry. And it's it really is wild the way it happens. But nobody, I don't think, really starts out thinking they're going to get to the place that they end up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what inspired me to shift my focus and be more open and transparent with this because I remember, I think it was last year, yeah, it was 2022, I went to the Behind the Chair show and people were like coming up to me and I don't know, I could hear them whispering, there's Samantha's beauty confessions, should we ask her for a picture? And I'm like, yeah, you should ask me for a picture. I'm just a human. I am just, (laughs) I'm literally no cooler than anybody in this room. And I think that it's just so important to share that because I never want anybody who follows me or listens to my podcast or anything to think that I'm not approachable. Like I, I, pride myself in the fact that I'm very approachable and I always want people to reach out and connect with me in any way. And I'll do anything to help anybody because I don't want any hairstylist out there to feel like I did when I first started. Absolutely. And I think that's like something when I interview people who have achieved really cool things in our industry and who've been able to make such an impact. I think that one of the biggest similarities, and I know that I relate to this a hundred percent, is that like at some point, they felt like they didn't necessarily fit in or they felt mm-hmm. like they like maybe the community that they were in or like they, they weren't like understood. I think that's part of that driving force for a lot of people who end up like achieving these cool things or end up doing these cool things is that they at some point didn't feel like they were enough, enough. I think is I think that's what it really is. And so I'm really appreciative to people like you who are willing to speak out about the fact that we all get imposter syndrome. And no matter who you are and no matter who you look up to, you can guarantee that the person that you look up to who has done all these things, they get imposter syndrome too. You know what I mean? So it's it's a common thread. It's not something that makes you bad or wrong or means you shouldn't go after what you want to do. Yeah. And I think that too, whenever I think maybe what inspired me to finally break down the wall and share, because I fell victim to trying to be perfect for years Mm -hmm. and years, because I only saw perfect people online, right? When you're scrolling through your Instagram and TikTok, it's just crazy. Like all of these beautiful homes that you see, and it makes you feel like you're not doing enough. And what made me open up is I actually, before the pandemic happened, I actually went through a divorce and like my physical self 
was Mm -hmm. altered, was changed. I was losing all this weight. People could see that I wasn't okay. And so it made me feel safer to open up. And it's interesting that you say that too, because I know at some points, like people opening up about what they've dealt with has helped me. And I'm sure most of us have experienced that. And so having that bravery to open up and share that. And what was that like going through something so big in your personal life with having a more like public and especially like a personal brand, right? Like it's very much about you as well as what you do and what you educate on. What did that feel like? Was it like more, do you feel like it was more difficult or do you think it was like helpful for you? When I think back to that, I don't really know how I did it. I think it was a lot of autopilot and just fight or flight kicked in. And, but the day, so the day that my ex-husband, he ended up having like a reaction. He was using drugs and it was just a whole thing, but we had to take him to ICU. And the day after we admitted him, I actually had a brand call, my very first brand call. And I remember thinking like, okay, I can either cancel this call and risk them never calling me back because they, the brand didn't know me really. It was just to get to know you. And it was this thing that I've been working toward for so long in my profession, but my personal life was like blowing up. And so somehow I was just able to get on the elevator and go to my car and take the call. And I don't know how I did that. I think I just, I felt like that was the only thing keeping me going. But yeah, I think that had I not taken the call that day, a lot of different things could have happened. So it's almost like this, you know, God or the universe or whatever you believe in giving me something to look forward to and some kind of hope in a difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. I think purpose is one of the biggest things when it comes to overcoming. And it's interesting because there's always such a fine line, right? But I do think that for us as creatives, sometimes it goes too far, but the purpose that we find in our careers can help you get through some hard things. Yeah, definitely. And I think that I didn't consciously do this, but I think that since my career was my center, like you were saying, I think I latched onto it for years to come. And actually, up until I, I had some health issues come up three weeks ago, maybe a month, up until then, I didn't have like hobbies or anything. I was mm-hmm. just so latched onto that career because it was my comfort and my safety. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. the only thing that I felt like I, I had control of in my life. So I right. grasped onto it. Right. But here recently, I've been trying to prioritize my health and self-care and just developing yeah. hobbies and things I can do to keep myself from working 24-7. Yeah, it's all phases, right? And I don't think anything is super sustainable, like long-term in terms of going all in. But I do, and this might be a controversial opinion, I do think that at the beginning of something new, like at the very beginning, so like when you're when you're on that upward climb, I think sometimes we beat ourselves up and we stress because we think that, And don't get me wrong, I do think at every phase you should still be prioritizing like your mental health, well-being, all of those things. But like at the beginning, I do think it requires a little bit more of you. And then often I think a lot of us go in that direction for a little bit too long and then we have to really come back from it. But I do also think that in the beginning stage of starting anything new, I don't like to see people beat themselves up too much for going all in because that's how you get something off the ground. For sure. No, I totally agree. And I think that there's different seasons. There's seasons where you have to be really work focused and then you can take your foot off the accelerator. But what's crazy to me is that I didn't realize it, but since 2020, my foot has been all the way on the gas pedal, like all the way down. And it has 
I've developed almost like this autoimmune disease or something. I'm still trying to figure out what exactly is going on. But I think it's just from working myself to that extreme for For four years. And yeah, I think it's just because I really love my career and I I wanted to be at all these shows and I wanted to do all of this stuff. But sometimes your body's hold on a second. We need to rest on all the time. Um, especially because you're doing so many different things, right? And so I want to talk a little bit about that because it's one you're going to, like you said, you're traveling for work, you're doing all these shows, you're a creator on three, four different platforms now, as you're now a podcaster. So welcome to the club. <laughs> and so what does that actually look like for you in your business right now? Like, how are you, what does your workflow look like right now? So you're not going to, maybe you will believe this, but this is not what I recommend to anybody listening. So I've got it to where I work in the salon one day a week, sometimes two, but I try to just do one day. I have someone that helps me and we're able to just do a ton of people at once, which is really tiring, but it's what I have to do because of the different areas that I'm wanting to focus. Then the day after I work in the salon, I'm usually really tired. So I'll try to do editing on that day where I can just relax and do computer work and keep it chill. Yeah. And then I try one to two days a week to, to record content just because I work with different brands and stuff. And there's only so many. I'm not great at batching. So there's only so right. many things I can do in one setting. And then I'll usually try to take the last day of the week to catch up on whatever I've neglected or wasn't able to finish or things like that. But I recently did hire somebody to help me to keep organized and things like that because I'm trying to shift into more digital education instead of having to get on a plane every single weekend. Last year, I did in six months. I went to 15 different states in six months. And I'm still like truly still recovering. And so I would love to travel a couple of times a year, but I want to be able to build something to where I can educate and connect with people in a virtual way too, because I love that. I truly love the connection. I'm just not 20 anymore. I can't get on a plane. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely, the travel takes out of you too, because I think that it's so much fun. And I, I, I am at that. I travel like a few times a year and then plus obviously the retreats that we host, but that's I feel like a longer term travel doesn't take it out of you as much because you're not on the go so often. Like you go once, you're there, and then you come home and it's fine. But yeah, 15 states in six months, that's a heavy travel schedule. It is. And we were leaving usually on Saturdays and coming home Monday morning early. So it was like you said, that's what really hurt me was I wasn't getting to even unpack. And when I got home, I wasn't getting to take that day off because I had these brand deals to do. And I had to take my clients in the salon and then I had to get all my laundry caught up because I was getting on a plane to get on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, that is like definitely not sustainable long term. (laughs) I always like looking back, I never thought that I was going to have a a capacity, which I know sounds like crazy to say, but I am a worker. And like I said, I latched onto that career in a way that probably wasn't healthy. And I was like, I'll never burn out. I'll never, ever run out of energy. And I did. And so I am a firm believer now in just sharing that because it can happen to everybody. We do have limits. We're not Superman. Sometimes we want to believe. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think like almost every person that I've talked to and like I said before, yes, you need to put in more energy at the beginning to get something off the ground. But I think the mistake 
And it, it's very easy to fall into that a lot of us make is just not taking your foot off the gas. And you're like, okay, well, if I did this, like if I just do more and it's eventually you get to a point where it's, yeah, you could do more or you could reevaluate, reprioritize, and then add things once you're actually able to manage what you have going on now. And I think that's the sweet spot is finding how can I maintain where I'm at and then also create time to do more of these things that I love and that I want to do more of. And you mentioned it earlier, but like delegating and being able to bring someone on to help you as you grow, that is so important. And something that's really like when you look into your future, if you're listening right now and you've got dreams of becoming an educator and you want to travel for work or you want to even if maybe you want to open a salon and you're like, I'm so busy behind the chair that I don't know how I would do it. I think that it's so smart to really look at where can I delegate? Where can I actually move things off my plate so that I have capacity to be able to add more things? Yeah, you're so right about that. It's as you grow, because I was able to hold down so much, but then mm -hmm. I kept adding more. So after yeah. my tour, I actually remodeled my salon it's 2,500 square foot and I have like different sets set up in here because the idea behind it was I was going to create my content in here, like a content studio. So oh, I have cool. my desk, I have my salon, I'm about to have a podcast room and then I have four or five little sets up here in front of me. And right. what's crazy is I, I just took on another task without delegating some that I was already doing. And right. now I don't even want to record in here because I'm just so over it. Yeah. So over that. And I'm ready now to be able to like get in here now that I am delegating and mm -hmm. actually utilize what I've spent so much time and money on for the past yeah. eight, 10 months. But right. up until this point, I just haven't even wanted to be in here because I resented this building because yeah. I, I wasn't taking care of other things. Yeah. Ooh, that is so interesting. And I think that's something probably a lot of people can relate to. It's like you spend so much time and energy on something and then you're like, I don't even want this anymore. But do it, it sometimes it's not that you don't want it. It's just that you're like need some time and you need to recalibrate. Yeah, so like I got mad at the building instead of getting mad at yeah. my at my yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's an easy fix. Like there are so many people out there that can help us. But right. when you're you know, whenever you think about it, you have to take the time to explain to people the help that you need and to spend time with them to let them inside your business and all of that you can't really do when you're getting on a plane or knocking your floor out or building new yeah. walls. And, you know, you got to take time. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. So let me ask you, what is your favorite thing that you get to do in your career? I love creating content. That's why I just had to take a look in the mirror and step back because I didn't want to resent this studio that I've created because that's what I love right. the most. I, I guess if I had to get rid of one thing, taking time away from behind the chair would have been the number one thing that I would have done. But I love my clients too. Yeah. Um, but I wish that I wish there was a way to just pause my clients where they wouldn't go yeah. to anyone else and I could have them always. But I don't <laughs> want to lose them. So I'm having to try to balance it. But I love podcasting now the most and then content creation is second. Yeah, I love that. It's so cool, too, to have both because I feel like podcasting, one of the most beautiful things and one of the things that I love, I'm actually teaching a class about podcasting uh, next week inside my friend Vivian, her membership for hairstylists. And the thing that I love about it that I'm really excited to talk about more is that I think you just get so much more of a depth and so much more nuance because like 
we're able to really talk things out. So some of the things that I I say on the podcast, I wouldn't say on social media because I just wouldn't be able to give it the the nuance that it needs. And I wouldn't want it to be taken the wrong way. And so I love, I feel like we can connect. And like you said about wanting to have that connection, that's the beauty of podcasting, in my opinion, is it really allows you to go deeper and really get to know the person that you're listening to. Because it's you're listening for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and it's not like a 30-second clip on social. Yes, definitely. I think that's what I have been longing for so long with the content creation side. But that's why I decided to start my podcast because I wanted to. I still love doing the hair tutorials that I do. I really love sure. that. But I just, I wanted to give more to the audience because I've just, I feel like I've been put through situations for a reason. And I think that reason is to share my experiences and how I've been able to navigate through it because I didn't navigate through it in an easy way. I had to do it the hard way. And I want to help others not have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And as someone who I've said this before on the podcast, but like one of the things that actually, so I definitely went through a stint where my mental health at the beginning of the pandemic was very, was in a rough spot and actually listening to a podcast interview with two people in the industry who were discussing openly like their struggles with like depression and anxiety and all those things. That was the thing that I was like, oh, okay, like maybe this isn't normal. I should get help with this. And so when you're open and you're brave about discussing the things you're going through, you never know who you're impacting on the other side of that. And it can really help you create a legacy of like impact and just making that deeper difference. So I love that. And I love that you are taking this direction of wanting to have the conversations about mental health and imposter syndrome and all of these things that we all go through and are such a sensitive topic sometimes. Yeah. And also, I guess, too, what I've been talking about it, but not feeling like we have to do things immediately. Like, Mm. it's okay if I just sit with what I just accomplished in this building for three months if I want to regroup. Because the truth is, if I get up and try to create content in the headspace I was in a month ago when all that was going on, my content's not going to be that good. You can tell when people are a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. I think personally, like just giving yourself that time and that permission, I know it's easier said than done. I struggle with it all the time, but I'm just trying (laughs) to mainly because I have to now because of the health stuff, but I'm just trying to give myself permission that everything will happen in the time that it's supposed to. And it doesn't have to happen all now or like last week. Oh my goodness. Yes. Have you ever heard that phrase? Like we overestimate what we can accomplish in a day and we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. I think that's, yeah. And it's huge because we think you're right. If I can't do this all right now, then it's not going to happen. But I think if you just shift that viewpoint, that's really powerful. Yeah. And what's crazy is you just made me think of this, but I thought that two years ago when my social media took off, I thought that that was the height. But I feel like every year since then, it's just gotten better and better with more things that are aligned with me. I think that Mm -hmm. sometimes you start out doing something and you you go all in on it and you're like, okay, this is what I have to do. But I think it's okay sometimes when you grow and you evolve and you change that your stuff in your career changes too. And you're going to find the place that you're meant to be as you navigate through the waters. Yes, that is such a good point. Because the thing is that you, like say five years ago or before you started this whole journey, wouldn't have that like life experience to be able to speak on the things that you want to speak about now. That wouldn't even be something that's necessarily in your head, right? Because you hadn't been through it yet. And we so often discount our life experiences. Like people think about like, 
their education and like their like what would go on a resume. And those are important for some things, but it's also the experiences that we have and like the way that we approach things. And I think that's why we need unique voices. And I think it's very easy for people to look at it and think, oh, well, there's already so many educators or there's already so many podcasters or there's already so many X, whatever it is that you want to do. But the reality is that nobody is going to have that exact same viewpoint and that exact same thing to offer that you have because of things like life experience. Yep. There's only one you. And that is for sure. That's my mission with the podcast is just getting people on to share their stories because you may not think your story is unique, but there is, I can assure you in everybody's story, there's one piece of it that would help one person that's listening. And that's the ultimate goal is to just help people at the end of the day and just, I don't know, build that connection. And that is what I'm hoping to do with the podcast is allow people to see that their story matters, even if they don't believe it themselves. Oh, that's so beautiful. So where can my listeners go to find out more about your podcast? Like, What is the title? Where are you streaming? Where do we find it? So the podcast is Samantha's Beauty Confessions, and I went back and forth with the name of that for a little bit because it's not for hairstylists, it's for anybody. And the beauty in that is the internal beauty, and the confessions in that is just being open and honest. And so I decided to stick with it just because when you brand yourself one way, it's hard to, to shift things up. So it's called Samantha's Beauty Confessions, and it's anywhere you listen to podcasts. There is a link in my Instagram bio, my TikTok bio. And then on my website, samanthasbeautyconfessions.com. Amazing. And I will put the links all, to all of those things in the show notes so that you can go connect with Samantha. Your Instagram page, I love following you. I love the content that you create. It's just really incredible. And so I definitely recommend that everyone goes and checks you on Instagram as well. And is there anything that you want to leave my listeners with today? What's like the number one piece of advice that you would give to stylists today? The number one piece is to just slow down. And I know, again, that's easier said than done. But yeah. sometimes we get so, so busy, y'all, in the everyday thing that we're doing, in the the grind that we're doing, that we forget to sit back and just appreciate all we've accomplished. Like you said, it we underestimate ourselves. But what was it? We underestimate how much we can accomplish in a day. But yeah. We overestimate how much we can accomplish in a day and we underestimate how much we can accomplish in a year. Yes. And sometimes when you're looking at your life and just thinking of tomorrow, you forget what you yeah. did yesterday. And that so don't cool. wait like I did. That's my next message to get out there to people is don't wait like I did to sit down and appreciate those things. Because yeah. as we do, that's how we're growing and we're evolving. So just be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself. And there's no timeline in this industry. And that's such yeah. a beautiful thing that we all need to just try to remember. Oh, I love that so much. You can have it all, but you don't need to have it all right, right now. now. <laughs> yeah, I, Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a beautiful conversation. And I've always so appreciative when stylists are willing to come on, share their stories and just get really vulnerable because these are emotions that so many, especially if you're listening to this, like you are, I've said this before, but you are like all in in your career. You love your career. Like you're not just like, clocking in, clocking out and going home. You know what I mean? If you're investing your free time to listen to these podcasts and engage in these conversations, like you care about this industry. And these are you, my people, these are the kinds of messages that I think it's so important for us to share. Because like we said before, you never know what someone else is going through. So for sure. Yes. Thank yeah, you for thank having you me. again. Awesome. 
Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.